0: And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. A lot of scripture for you today, but that's a good thing. And so be ready to follow along. We're going to uh, give you a revival in your identity today and get through to you who you are in Christ. Because that's the most important thing. Of course, we're using for our uh, our, our text uh, throughout this series on identity revival. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And uh, actually, today, like I said, I'm going to center in primarily on who we are in Christ. And there's a little book we have in the foyer out there. It's on the table. There's a couple dozen of them, I guess. And you can pick one up on the way out. They're free. Uh, it's called In Him by uh, Brother Hagen. And uh, what he's done is he's gone through the Bible. And he is... Uh, listed for you all the scriptures that have to do with in christ in him through whom you know these sorts of things and so i'm just going to highlight it for you here today but uh, in this little book you can get it on the way out and uh, he just takes you to bible verses scriptures throughout the new testament which are showing you who you are in christ so it's a good thing to get the book and and go take your bible and mark the verses and, and meditate on a regular basis who you are in Christ. So again, I'm just hitting the highlights here today. But this book here gets you almost all the scriptures in the New Testament as to who we are in Christ. So first of all, we realize that if we're in Christ, what are we? We're a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And then I think the next verse says, and all things are of God. But now notice here in Galatians 3.26. Galatians 3.26 People a lot of times want to know, well, how do I get in Christ? And uh, I'm going to read this out of the King James Version. Uh, Notice what the Bible says here. It says, for ye are all the children of God. Now, a lot of times folks stop right there. They say, well, we're all the children of God. But you know that's not true. We're not all the children of God. We're just not. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, we're just all God's children? You ever heard that? That's, that's a damnable thing. Now, we've all been created by God, certainly. But we're not all children of God. When somebody says, well, we're just all God's children. Dear friends, that's not true. That just isn't true. Uh, how many of you remember when Jesus looked at the religious people of the day? Those who trusted in themselves, you know, the, the Pharisees and the scribes. And he said to them, Jesus said to them, you are of your father, the devil. Remember that? And it's because they didn't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you see. You're either in one of two families. You're either in the family of the devil or you're in the family of God. Now how do you, how do you get in the family of God? Well, you have to finish reading that verse. We're all the children of God by what? By, by what? By faith in who? In Christ Jesus. Now that's how you become a child of God. By faith. In Christ Jesus. Now that faith, that word faith, does not just mean a mental assent or a mental accept, acceptance. It means a heart, a heart sellout. A heart, you sell out from your heart to the Lord Jesus, and make Him the Lord and Savior of your life. When you do that, you become a child of God. Now notice what happens here. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen. This will be in the New King James Version. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says this: For by one Spirit We're all baptized into one body. See, that's what happens when you place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. I see a lot of times when you think about baptism, right away you think about water. Is that right? But water is just one of three baptisms mentioned in the scripture. Uh, Of course, we talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We, we've talked much about that over the years. but this one here in 1 Corinthians 12:13 is oft overlooked, but it's the most important baptism of all. Now you see, water baptism is important, but you can get into heaven without being water baptized. <laughs> you can. Now you should be water baptized. Jesus commanded it, but water baptism won't save you. It won't help you get saved. it won't complete your salvation. Water baptism is, is is done in obedience to Christ. It's an outward expression of an inward hap- happening. Do you understand that? You, you need to realize that. Now, there's a lot of people trust in water baptism to get saved and get to heaven and they wind up in hell. Water can't wash away sins, dear friends. Only the blood of Jesus. Now I know if you're raised Catholic, you probably want to throw a steel, a steel chair at me right now. Uh, I remember when my mom went to heaven, I, I, I don't read the obituaries. You notice they, they, when I do read them, oh, I, I read obituaries when I was a kid. And I, once in a while I go to obituary columns in the, in the, in the newspaper, and, but I don't read them regularly. Uh, it's interesting that everybody keeps dying in alphabetical order. Do you ever notice that? <laughs> it's something. Every Every time. But but when Mom went to heaven, I I got the obituary and I was reading it. And you know, I I read just one right after the other how they they stressed in there how they were baptized into such and such. Church of St. Mary, church of this, church of that. Dangerous, dear friends. If you're trusting in that you were water baptized as a child into a certain church, that's dangerous. That won't save you. The waters of baptism will not save you. I said it won't. You better be saved, washed in the blood of Jesus, before you ever go down in that water to get baptized. Yeah. Otherwise, all you have is a wet sinner. Is that right? Yeah. You understand it? Okay. So, water baptism is important. Jesus commanded it, but it's for one that's already saved. You understand that? And I'm not teaching on water baptism here today. But when you talk about water baptism, when you talk about baptism, most people think water, and that's just one of three. Then there's a baptism in the Holy Spirit, you know, and that again is for somebody that's already born again, evidence speaking in tongues and all of that. But the first and most important baptism is this one right here into the body of Christ. This one right here. Let's read it again. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. See, now that's the baptism you need to get to heaven. Water baptism won't get you to heaven. Being baptized in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues that won't get you to heaven but this one here is the must it's a must to become a child of god you must place your faith in the lord jesus christ when you do that the holy spirit baptizes you or we could say seals you into the body of christ whether jew or gentile or greek whether slaves or free uh, and all have been made to drink into one spirit So you see, when we place our faith in Jesus, what happens is, is the Spirit of God baptizes us, or that word baptize means to immerse or to place in, places us into the body of Christ. We become a new creation in Christ Jesus, you see. Look at Colossians 1.13. It'll give us a little more on this. This one will be in the King James Version. Colossians 1.13, King James Version, says, "...who has delivered us from the power of darkness..." Now, now watch this. Talking about God, you know, through what Jesus did, he's delivered us from the power of darkness and has what? What's that next word? Has translated, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Yeah. See what, what before you make Jesus the Lord of your life, before you believe on him, you're in the you're in the in, you're a child of the devil. You're in the, in the kingdom of darkness. But when you repent of your sins. Place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit moves you. That word translate means to move from one place to another. He moves you out of the kingdom of darkness. And into the kingdom of his dear son. And baptizes you into the in, in, into the body of Christ. You need to realize that's what happens. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life. Now notice. Can you say amen to that? Is that good? And, and you're saved right there. That's when you get saved. That's when you get saved, right there. And then after you're saved, then you need to be water baptized. Will that help you get? Will water baptism help you get saved? No. Uh, you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Baptism of power. Now that won't save you. You, you, but you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You ought to receive communion on a regular basis. We're going to do that today. Will, this, will taking this communion on a regular basis help save you or help keep you saved? Absolutely not. Is it important that we do this? Yes. But will it help save you or help keep you saved? No. It's symbolic, just like water baptism. All right. Now, notice here in Romans 8, one. let Let's turn there. This is just all I've got. All good news for you here today. This is all good news. Who we are in Christ. Look at Romans eight one, New King James Version here says there is therefore now no what condemnation, condemnation for those who are in for those who are in for those who are in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Now we could we could shout and dance on that one all day long. There is therefore now no condemnation. You know, I looked that word up, condemnation. It means this. It, it means this. There's no damn, damnatory sentence. Isn't that good news? There's no, damn, no damnatory sentence. We'll never, those who, who have faith in the Lord Jesus will never be damned to a devil's hell. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? There is therefore now no damnatory sentence, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, you, you need to know that the rest of this verse was not in the original text. So, but, but a lot of translations do put it in. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. But actually that part wasn't in the original. It was just that first part. So we'll stress that. There is therefore now no condemnation. Realize I say No condemnation. No condemnation. There's no damnatory sentence to those who are in Christ Jesus. That is such good news. Glory to God. Now then, let's go to Revelation 1 verse 5. I hope you mark these verses. Meditate on them. Think on them regularly. Regularly. Let's see just exactly who we are. We know we're children of God. You know, just that—that that alone, just that you're a child of God. That's a privilege, isn't it, and an honor to be a child of God, isn't isn't it? But now, look here at Revelation one verse five, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in the waters of baptism. Did it say that? No, it said what in a, in His own blood. We sang about the blood of Jesus this morning. That blessed me. Oh, the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You see, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us what? Huh? Huh? Kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. You need to realize that you're a king and you're a priest. You know a lot of Christians don't have a clue that they're a king and a priest in the eyes of God. You are a king and a priest. We've been washed from our sins in his own blood and he's made us kings and priests under our God. You need to realize that. You're a king in the eyes of God. Now, Jesus is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. You know that. The Bible says that. But here you need to realize you're a king and a priest. A king and a priest in the eyes of God. Now, again, and I'm not here to to pick on the Catholics. I love the Catholics. But in the Catholic church, they'd be throwing another steel chair at me right about now. I'd have to be ducking up here. Because... Members of the congregation aren't priests. Only the people that stand up there in the white robes are the priests. Is that right? I've oftentimes, when Diane and I've been out at the store walking around, we'll see some garb or some some clothing. You know, I, I say, you know how to show up one day dressed as a Catholic priest. You know, with the collar on backwards and a whole bit, see what the people think. But the Bible says that you don't have to stand up on the on the platform dressed in the in the priestly. Clothes to be a priest. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you are a priest. And I'll go you one better. You don't need a man to go to once a week here on the earth to confess your sins to. The Bible is against that. Did you hear me? The Bible says we go boldly ourselves to the throne of grace and, and access God for ourselves. Can you say amen? That's what the Bible teaches got to be careful of religion careful of religion religion will separate you from, from God did you did you know that but the bible put you right in touch with him if you have a revelation of who you are in Christ say i'm a king and i'm a priest because of the blood of jesus is that wonderful now then, now then uh, those of you who are raised in the Catholic church, I'm going to give you another reason to throw some steel chairs at me this morning. Let's talk about saints. 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 Now, if I said to you, how many saints do we have in here? How many hands would go shooting up? Well... Pretty many hands, right? But now, if you were raised in a Catholic church and you hadn't been taught much about what I'm teaching here today from the Word of God, and I ask you if you if you were a saint, you might not raise your hand at all, or you might kind of think about it a little bit. But you know, in the Catholic Church, to be a saint, you got to be dead. Is that right? Yeah. Now, am I right on that? Yeah. <laughs> you got to be dead. And during your lifetime, I think you had to do some great acts and some great things and have at least one miracle. And there's some other requirements, I suppose. But you need to realize that the moment you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you receive him. In that instant, you become a king, a priest and a saint. Bang, right there. Is that wonderful? You don't have to be dead to become a saint. Is that wonderful? Now, now you, you're going to want some scripture on that, so let me give you some, because I see some of the folks that were brought up in the Catholic Church are looking at me funny. They're looking for the steel chairs. Why do I talk about steel chairs? Because I went to the wrestling match one night down at Kiel Auditorium, and, and I saw uh, King Kong Bundy hit Crusher Blackwell over the head. Well, i got a lot of wrestling fans here. And, and he beat him over the head. He hit him with that steel chair. I mean, he just, just bashed him about 12 times with that steel chair. Look real to me. They say wrestling's fake. Look real to me. I know most of it's fake, but that that, that looked real to me. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> First time I ever got him to say amen. No, I'm, too, I'm too. Talk on wrestling. Romans 1. Romans 1, 7. Let's go there. Romans 1, 7. Well, you need to know what the Word of God says about you, right? <laughs> I don't know. I got, one lady got mad at me one time. I was a lot of talking about wrestling. And I think her son, she had some young boys. And they went home once and started hitting each other with steel chairs. <laughs> okay. Romans 1, 7. Now, I'm just going to read you three of these, but we could go one right after the other. When Paul, the apostle, by the Holy Spirit addressed the churches. Notice he said this, Romans 1, 7. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, and Lord Jesus Christ. When he addressed the Christians in Rome, he called them all Saints. saints. Now, that's Romans. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 1, 2. Let's see what he called the believers in Corinth. Notice this. 1 Corinthians 1, 2, To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. So he calls all the believers in the church in Corinth saints. With all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. So you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe on him, you're a saint. In the eyes of God. Did you hear me? Let's do you one more. Philippians 1 1. Let's give you one more. Philippians 1 1. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, watch this, with the bishops and the Deacons, The bishops are just the pastors or the overseers. But you see, if you came up in the Catholic Church, you would think, well, a saint, well, you got to start out as a monsignor. And then you go to, see if I got this right. Then you go, where do you go? What well, comes after monsignor. You don't have, you were raised in the Catholic Church. You supposed, No, you don't get the cardinal. No, you got to cardinal. You start with the bishop. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. The father. There's a monsignor. Now, I'm not making fun of Catholics. I'm just trying to figure this out. We start with the, with the where's the? The father, Monsignor, Bishop, Archbishop, Cardinal, and then we go to the Pope. And none of them are even considered saints in the Catholic Church, are they? Is that right? Not until you're, you got to be dead in the Catholic Church. How many of you glad you're not going to the Catholic Church? I mean, you've got to be dead to become a saint there. Is that Right? And then not even all them get to be saints. But i got news for you. If you're not a saint before you die, you're never going to become one. According to the Word of God. If you're not a saint before you die, you're never going to become one. You better become a saint before you die. How do you become a saint? By faith in Christ Jesus. Are you glad we teach the Word around here? Amen. And, and, and you see, Paul right here put all the saints, he put all the believers in, in, in Philippi, he put them all, all all grouped together with the bishops and the deacons, you see, the servants, the people who serve. Isn't that wonderful? So when do you become a king? When do you become a priest? When do you become a child of God? When do you become a saint? The moment you place your faith in the Lord Jesus. And we could go on and on with this. I just looked up three. But again and again, when Paul referred to the churches, he referred to the believers in those churches as saints. Now, then second Corinthians five twenty one. Let's turn there. <clears throat> Look at this. Second Corinthians five twenty one. For he made him. Jesus. Now, watch this. This is this is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. God, the father, made him Jesus, the son who knew no sin. Did Jesus ever sin? Not one time. Was He tempted in all points like as we are? Yes. Yet without sin. For God the Father, He, made Him Jesus the Son, who knew no sin to what? To be sin for us, that we might become the what? Righteousness of God in Him. See, I remember last week I told you that God does not see us as sinners? He sees us as saints. He sees us as the righteousness of God. Now, could we still commit sin? Read 1 John. You can see that we could still commit sin. It is possible to sin. As a believer, you could still commit a sin. You shouldn't, but you, you, you could. But when you do, we're supposed to confess our sins with a repentant heart. And then he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1.9. But you need to realize that God doesn't see you as a sinner. He sees you as the righteousness of God. Now, I know Paul said to Timothy, he said that, that, that God sent Jesus Christ into, into the earth to save sinners of whom I am chief. Remember Paul saying that? But study that out. When it says who, uh, of whom I am chief. That word there in the Greek means it could mean present I am or it could mean I was. And when Paul said to Timothy, he said, "Jesus Christ, uh, God the Father sent Jesus into the earth to save sinners of whom I am chief. It really should read, of whom I was chief. You see, Paul was the chief of sinners. You remember that? Yes. He was the chief of sinners, but he placed his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the same thing happened to Paul. What happened to you? He became the righteousness of God in Christ. And then he went on to say that if God could save somebody like me, Paul, how many of you know he was a he was a, he was the chief of sinners, wasn't he? But he said he did it. He did what he did ignorantly, ignorantly, and unbelief. But he repented of his sins, placed his faith in Jesus, and then he was translated out of the kingdom of darkness over in the kingdom of God's dear Son, and he became the righteousness of God. And God didn't see him as a sinner anymore. He doesn't see you and me as sinners. He sees us as what the righteousness of God in Christ. That's how you need to see yourself. Now, uh, we were an old sinner. We got saved by grace. But we're no longer an old sinner once we have got saved by grace. Now we are the righteousness. Say, I am. The righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. See, now if you have had trouble overcoming sin in your life as a believer, get a revelation of who you are in Christ. And it will help you stop sinning. Did you get what I just said? You see, a lot, of, a lot of believers still look at themselves as sinners. No, don't look at yourselves as a sinner. Look at yourself the way God looks at you. As the very righteousness of God in Christ. That's one of the greatest verses in the Bible right there. See, Jesus was the righteousness of God without sin. But He became sin to give us His righteousness. It's called the great exchange. And it's a good exchange. It's almost too good to be true, but it is true. Glory to God. Amen? And the moment you receive Jesus, you become the righteousness of God in Christ. Look at Hebrews 10.10. is just coming coming one right after another. Hebrews 10.10. I'm going to read this in the NIV. Because I like the way it says it in the NIV. It brings it out most clearly. Uh, How many of you are holy in here? See, if you know who you are in Christ, your hands will shoot right up. You're holy. I'm going to read you a verse here. Notice Hebrews 10.10. And by that will we have been made. We have been made what? Holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. How many holy people do I have in here? Bang, those hands ought to go up. See, if, if you can't zip your hand up like that, you need to know who you are in Christ. See, that's why I'm teaching. That's why the Holy, see, the Holy Ghost has assigned me to teach this. To get, get a revival in your identity. We need a revival in our identity. We need to know who we are. If we're going to be all that we need to be for God, we need to know who we are. Is that right? Can you see, can't you see, we need a revival in this area. I, I can tell just in the spirit up here the last couple of weeks teaching. Praise God. I know who I am in Christ. How about you? How many kings do I have in here? How many priests do I have in here? How many children of God do I have in here? How many righteous people do I have in here? How many holy people do I have in here? Huh? Yeah. Praise God. Well, we're doing good, aren't we? Now, now I tell you what. This will kick your. It'll kick your religiosity upside the head, won't it? The Bible will click, kick. It'll kick your religiosity right upside the head. It'll kick over the traditions of men, won't it? But traditions of men need to be kicked over if they don't line up with the Word of God. Is that right? Uh, You're right there in Hebrews. Go up to verse 1. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. Look at Hebrews 10, verse 1. New Living Translation. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow. A dim preview of the good things to come. Not the good things themselves. So that system that was set up under Moses, it was a dim preview of the good things to come. Not the good things themselves. See, we live under the good things. Moses was just a pattern of the good things to come. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year. But they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped for the worshipers would have been purified once for all time and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. See, that's under the system of Moses when they were sacrificing the animals, the blood of the animals. But, you know, the blood of Jesus has been shed. Is that right? How many you glad the blood of Jesus has been shed and his blood is better than the blood of the bulls and the goats? Is that Right. Because see, the blood of the bulls and the goats were just notice it was only a dim shadow a dim preview. It was not a perfect system, but now the perfect system has come because the perfect blood of Jesus has been shed. And notice, remember last week when I told you that you could walk right into the presence of God without any guilt? Well, let me give you scripture here. Look at verse 22. Look at verse 22 in the in the New Living Translation. Verse 22. Notice what the Bible says. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him for our guilty conscience have been sprinkled with Christ's blood, glory to God. The Bible says you can walk right into the throne room of God itself and without any sense of guilt or any condemnation. Isn't that wonderful? It's because of the blood of Jesus. Let's go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Isn't that wonderful? We have a right to go right into the throne room, right into the presence of God boldly. Not, in, not haughtily, not pridefully, but boldly without any, any sense or consciousness of sin. Just like we've never sinned. Isn't that wonderful? It, it just sounds too good to be true, but it is true. It's in the Bible. Glory to God. Now, I just, it just keeps on going. Let's go to Ephesians 2 verse 4. Ephesians 2, verse 4. Watch this. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with who? With Christ. By grace you've been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's where we're seated positionally in Christ. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's good news, isn't it? My oh, goodness. Made us sit together. I, I, verse 5 again. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved, raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Praise God. And then somebody said, well, I wonder what we're going to be doing in heaven for all the ages and time to come and whatnot. Are we going to be on a, a floating around on a harp, uh, on a cloud playing a harp? I wonder if... No, 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 no. Heaven, I tell you what, heaven is... It, there's no way to describe it. it, it words, words are inadequate. Uh, it, Think about the most wonderful, funnest thing you could ever think of here on the earth and then, and then ramp it up times about a zillion and, and, and you've almost got, the, got heaven. It's going to be a wonderful place. You get a little taste of it, you won't want to come back here. I guarantee it to you. And verse 7 will tell you what we're going to be doing in the ages to come. That God's going to show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Now you get a revelation of that, you'll be doing back somersaults down Hawkins Road, I assure you. I'm not even going to try to explain it, because you can't put it in words. So where are we seated? And somebody said we're on a, we're on, we're on a chair of church. No, in a, physically you're on a chair of church, but spiritually where are we seated? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's good news. And then, Romans 8 how many of you would like to won that powerball <laughs> yeah how many of you would like to even got a third of it yeah I got to tell you a little story I was out with the golf pro years ago and one of my friends and My friend and the golf pro and I were sitting there having dinner, and there was a lotto going on back at that time. And there were two of them going on, and and the one was for several millions of like ten or twelve million dollars, and the other one was for the other one was for you know much less, and maybe it was only a million. The other one was was ten million, and my friend said, "You got to know the golf pro to understand how funny this is." But my friend, who was my age, said said, "Well, I wouldn't want to (laughs) win." He said, I wouldn't want to win the one for a million. I'd want to win the one for a ten million. And the golf pro said, you greedy so-and-so? I'd be happy with a hundred thousand. Yeah. And everybody said. Yeah. I don't play the lotto. I put my money in the gospel. Amen. But the reason I brought that up was... You think about winning the lotto or you think about how many of you'd like to have been left in Augie Bush's will? How many knows Augie Bush, yeah? How many of you like to be left in here? How about let's Donald Trump? Well, I've got to use people more relevant. How many of you like to be how many like to be in Donald Trump's be a joint heir with him? You don't like Think money for a minute. How many like to be in his how many like to be a joint heir with Ivanka? You know who they don't know who Ivanka is? You know who Ivanka is? That's his daughter. How many, are like, well, I got hand, but he's. I've got more response out of the sound booth today with wrestling <laughs> and, and, and money than I've <laughs> So Ethan wants to be joint heirs with Ivanka. Is that right back there, Ivanka? You know who Ivanka is? Yeah. He, he. All right. And Gary wants to go to wrestling match. Okay. It's okay. We're having fun. How many want to be joint heirs with Donald Trump? Uh, would that be a good deal? Talk, just talking money now. now. I don't say much about money in here. But, you know, we, we'd get excited. I mean, we really would. We'd be jumping up and down if we were joint heirs with... Wouldn't, 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 wouldn't we? This is not tongues and in interpretation now. Huh? But wouldn't we? You okay? Alright? But now let's read this here. Romans 8.16 but the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of god. Now, now that's jumping up now that's jumping up and down right there. And if children, then what? heirs heirs of god and joint heirs with christ. Now last time I looked that outranks Donald Trump. Ivanka Trump Augie Bush and all of them put together. Is that right? And It's interesting because I've been doing this for years. And I'll start out and I'll say, how would you like to be joint heirs with Augie Bush? Or joint heirs with Donald Trump or other people? And then I'll say, hey, you're joint heirs with Jesus. (laughs) My gosh, we ought to be jumping up and down. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you and me. I said, everything belongs to Him, belongs to you and me. Isn't that wonderful? Can you say amen? Can you go sis, sis, no, rah, 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 sis, boom, ba? Can you do that? Let's do it. Rah, rah, rah. Sis, boom, ba. Come on, we might grow the church. I start acting like this. There might be standing room only. I'll tell you. Don't give up on me, say it the Spirit of God, for my hand is upon you and I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I know your future and I know what I plan for you and it'll be good if you'll stick with me and not give up on me, but stay true to me. Me, stay true to my covenant, stay true to my word, and it'll be good, thus saith the Lord, if you'll do what I say, do. Glory to God. Can you say amen? amen? You needed to hear that. Glory to God. You needed to hear that. You needed to hear that. I said, You needed to hear that. Glory to God. You needed to hear that. You needed to hear that. Amen. 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 It's not going to be easy, but it'll turn out good if you stick. Stick true to the to the covenant of God. Can you say Amen? Is that okay that I minister to you that way? Amen. Hallelujah! Isn't Jesus wonderful? Thank God for tongues and interpretation. Thank God for prophecy. Thank God for the gifts of the Spirit. Hallelujah! Thank God that we're joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The sh- like shackles of bondage and darkness just <laughs> broke off of you there in the spirit when I did what I did. Amen. amen. Yeah, I see it in the spirit. I could see it in the spirit before I did what I did. And now they've been broken. But now you've got to raise up and walk in it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Yeah. That was a good thing that just happened. Can you say amen? Yeah. He can interrupt me anytime. Say I'm a joint heir. With Christ. If Jesus gets it, then I get it too. If if he gets it, then I get it too. Praise God. We ought to be so excited about that. My God, we ought to be more excited about that than going to a Justin Bieber concert. Can you say amen? Glory right to God. Well I'm just a, did Dale put something in my water this morning? It was in the soda, yeah. I've been starting to drink Diet Coke before I get up here to preach. I guess a little. Are you okay? Say, I am a joint heir with Christ. I mean, isn't that good news? You want me to stop or are you thirsty for more? Okay, let's go. Let's go to Hebrews 2. I remember on Home Alone when uh, the little kid asked those burglars after he'd beat the tar out of them, you know, they'd head, hit the head with bricks and everything. And then he says, you, you, what did he say, you, you want me to stop or are you thirsty for more? <laughs> How many of you ever seen Home Alone? Okay, good, good. So you got what I just said. You, want, you ready to stop or are you thirsty for a little more? All right. Let's go to Hebrews 2.11. I have to tell you this How many of you like me the way I'm acting Right now? Okay, okay I need to really loosen up because Over all these years I was taught you get in the pulpit You know you got a beach And, and, and I had to go to a mental institution To get some of the best in, To get some of the best advice I ever got in my life Many years ago there was a, a Many back years ago There was a church member who was in the mental institution for a while And I had met him but I would never Spent any time with him And uh, He'd only seen me in the pulpit. And so I go to see him, and I'm sitting there talking to him, just like you and me are talking right now. You know, I'm just sitting there, just being myself, just talking to him. And he said, who are you? And I said, well, I'm Pastor. <laughs> and he said, no, no, no. He said, you're not the same guy that shows up and stands behind a pulpit on Sunday morning. And I said, well, yeah, I'm the same guy. He said, no, 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 no. I said, I like this guy that I'm talking to here more than I like that guy standing behind a pulpit. And, you know, I had to go to a mental institution to get some of the greatest advice in all my life. That I just need to be myself. Yeah. Yeah. You see, it used to be I'd get up, and I'm getting better get behind a pulpit, you know. you got to be just so serious. And I found that if I'm just myself, see, identity. Identity has everything. You see, you thought I left my notes. I'm right on notes. I'm right on. I'm right on. I realize that Identity. <laughs> See, this is how I am in real life. I go around the house just happy and joyful and singing and might do a Neil Diamond, do a little Elvis or whatever, you know. But then I get in the pulpit, then I've got to be serious. Well, maybe I ought to bring some of this fun into the pulpit. What do you think? Think you'd like that? Without leaving the Word of God. Are you okay? Oh, now don't sit there and look at me like that. Smile at me. Okay, there you go. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready. Now, go okay, cat, go! But don't you? All right, let's not do that. We don't.
1: Let's don't go too far.
0: What'd you say? Throw a chair at. Okay. Throw a chair at. All right, let's. We're almost done. Let's go. Hebrews two eleven amplified. Let's let's go there. Funny stuff here today. It's tearing me up on the inside. I like Bob Schmitt. Where's Bob? I tell Bob a joke. And Bob just stands there and looks at me. (laughs) And one day he told me, he said, said, it's tearing me up on the inside. (laughs) I love Bob. All right. How many of you think it would be a good idea to be a brother to Jesus? Well, if we're a child of God, he's a child of God. He's the son of God, remember? So we're brothers with him. Because they see this, this will throw you off here. If you, if you can't see it in the Bible, because you think it's how could I be a brother with Jesus? Look at Hebrews 2, 11 amplified for both. We for both. He who sanctifies. Now watch this for both. He who sanctifies making men Holy. And those who are sanctified all have one Father. For this reason, He, Jesus, is not ashamed to call them brethren. What did He just say? He's not ashamed to call us brothers. Isn't that good news? We're a joint heir with Christ, and He's not ashamed to call us brethren. Isn't that wonderful? And remember after he was raised from the dead, remember Mary came up to him and he said, don't touch me for I've not yet ascended to my father. He said, but go tell my brethren that I'm ascending. Remember that? And she went and, he, and she didn't go to his natural, which were like half brothers. She went to his disciples, you see. And so if we're born again to the spirit of God, Jesus is not ashamed to call us brethren. He's our big brother. Isn't that wonderful? And then John seventeen twenty. I'm almost finished here, but but but, but I, I, we've been having fun today, haven't we? Yes. Bob, you've been having fun yes. tearing you up on the inside. Okay. <laughs> and I got Joe Hunt over there getting his steel chair ready. <laughs> John seventeen twenty New Living Translation. How many of you know that Jesus that God loves you as much as He loves Jesus? Now, that's a hard one to swallow, but you've got to see it in the word here. John seventeen twenty, New Living Translation. I am praying not only for these disciples. Jesus praying here now. He said, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. How many of you believe in Jesus because of the message that the apostles preached? we got the word of God. Can you raise your hand on that? Okay. Now, why don't you keep your hand up just for a minute. Now he's talking to you. Now look at verse 23. He, Jesus praying. He's talking about you. He says, I in them, you're in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as what? As much as you love me. Amen. Now, raise your hand if you believe Jesus loves you and God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. That's good, isn't it? God the Father loves you as much as he does Jesus. That was hard for me to swallow. It still is hard for me to swallow, but the Bible says it, and I believe it, and that settles it. What are we doing here? We're working on your identity and my identity. Did you get anything out of this today? Now, I want to I leave you with this and, and correct an errant interpretation, and we'll leave you with this. Because when you teach on these things, you've got to be watchful that you don't get too big for your bridges. Now, most Christians don't. What I've learned over the years, you teach on these things, and people still go around, oh, I'm just so unworthy, I'm just this. And no, we're a child of God. We're a joiner with Christ. We're kings, we're priests, we're holy, we're righteous, and all of that. But Christians still, you know, they'll, 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 they'll leave and, and still be beat down. But don't leave beat down, okay? But if you're not watchful, you can get too big for your britches and get over on the other. Remember, the devil is what kind of a devil? A ditch devil to try to get you on, on the other side of the road. So look at Philippians two five, and I'll close with this. Philippians 2.5, verse, Philippians 2, verse 5. Because this, I, I, I've seen this over the years with just, just a handful of people that get too big for their britches. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This is good King James here. Let this mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And then they'll stop right there. And they'll take from those two verses. Read out of the King James Version. That we're equal with God. But that's what people will say. I've heard them say it. I've heard them say it. Let this mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So therefore. They'll conclude that we're equal with God. Let me tell you what. We're not equal with God. God made us a little lower than himself. Uh, We're not equal with God. We're just not. We're in God's class all right. The angels aren't in God's class. We've been created in God's class. And in Christ, we are somebody, all right? We're all those things we said that we are today. But don't ever forget, and I told you this last week, you see, Jesus is a son of God. We're sons of God. But Jesus is God the Son. And that's the difference. He's deity. We're not. And, and what this is really saying, see, if you, if you take just two verses out of context, you can get into error. Error. And get too big for your britches. Let's read, instead of verses 5 and 6, let's go to the Amplified and let's zip up to verse 4. And as I close, I'll show you what he's talking about here. Let each of you, now here's what this is really saying, and, and then we'll close. Let each of you esteem and look upon and be concerned for not merely his own interests, but also each for the interests of others. Let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility, who, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which makes God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume, the guise of a servant or a slave in that he became like men and was born a human being. And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience to extreme of death, even the death of the cross. Why did I read this? Because some people, as I said, will take those two verses out of the King James and make themselves equal to God because, after all, it said let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who uh, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God. He Anytime you take verses out of context, you can get in trouble. What this is really saying is have the same attitude that Jesus had of being a a humble servant. Because he was very God and is very God, never ceased being very God, but he humbled himself and became a man, didn't he? And he became a servant. And, he, and and remember Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. Remember that? So what this is saying here is, is that we need to have the same attitude. Let this mind or this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, though he was God. He humbled himself and became a servant. Let's have the same kind of attitude. Even though that we are children of God, that we're the righteousness of God in Christ. We're kings, we're priests, we're holy, we're joint heirs with Christ, we're seated with him in heavenly places and all of that. But let's don't ever get too big for our britches. And let's always be like Jesus and be humble. And be a servant. And let's let that mind. That attitude be in us. And be servants to, to one another. Can you say amen? Did you get anything out of this today? Now stand with me if you would. I'm going to have Brian come and close the service. But right before he does. I'm going to lead you in a good confession. The Bible talks about good confessions. So I'm going to lead you in a good confession. And then Brian will close the service. But, but, but I hope were you blessed by this today? Okay. Do you better know who you are in Christ now? I hope so. Well, let's say this. Say, I'm in Christ. I'm a child of God. Through faith in Christ Jesus. I've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness. And into the kingdom of God's dear son. I'm a member of the body of Christ. I'm a child of God. I'm a saint of God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus.